All right, we're back. JC and Jacob both here talking a little college football, NFL football, and uh, some playoff baseball. So let's get it started, Jacob. What are we talking about first? Well, we're going to dive right into one of the bigger games of the weekend in college football. We got Bama at Texas A&M. Bama actually lost 38-41. to Big surprise. What's your takeaways? Yeah, I guess um, I wasn't very surprised be- just because I know A&M was highly touted coming in and then obviously not following them a lot. I know they had an injury to the quarterback. So, like, I kind of thought it would be close, but I really thought Bam was going to pull it out, man. They haven't had a lot of uh, uh, problems or setbacks or any type of real, real, like, moments where they've kind of had to dig themselves out of a hole. So I really thought Bryce Young was going to come in and play well and, and that defense was going to handle it. But I tell you what, the thing that impressed me too was n- not only the fact that A&M took, like, came out to a big lead, but holding on to that lead. Because the whole time, man, I was like, all right, Bama's going to come back. They're going to – and I almost th- – don't feel bad for A&M I mean, or whoever, but it's like, eh, here comes Bama again. They're going to come back. They're going to win this game. Same old, same old. Um, right. But, I mean, look, A&M, I mean, you got to give hats off to them for, for what they did, especially in that first half, coming after Bryce Young, the blitzes they were dialing up. Anytime they took a back out, it seemed like they were going to rush five and have that advantage. Like, they were just going after a young kid, and um, it obviously it paid off. But that pressure early on, man, just got Bama in too much of a hole that they couldn't dig themselves out of. And it's just weird seeing them for that long. You know, Bama might have a bad quarter, a bad half, but I'd say – and maybe not even bad, but a tough, you know, three quarters there until we kind of made it a game going into the fourth. Right, and I I definitely agree. Um, young kid, freshman, I don't care how good you are, it's going to catch up to you eventually. Um, and t- hats off to A and M fans. That that's called the twelfth man for the reason at Kyle Field. That was one of the most electric. You know, that'd been hard for Trevor Lawrence in his third year to play at. You know, that's just a rocking crowd but i'm with you man it was 24 to 10 at half like that was kind of a surprise to hold 10 you know bama to 10 points that that offense is gonna score a lot and with that i was just like you sitting back waiting for bama to do it and just you know it never really i mean it happened obviously to come back to only a three-point game uh at the very end but uh it took a while and and the moment that Alabama got that special teams touchdown, I was like, oh, here we go. And now Bama's just going to take over on offense, and it's going to be a one-sided affair. And for A&M to come right back around and to return a kick for a touchdown, like get their own special teams touchdown, that I think was the big the big, you know, nail in the coffin for, for Bama. Even though it was still close, it's like, okay, well, we can play at your own game. And that's where I think A&M really believed that they could hang in there and, and pull that out. Well, it's such a momentum killer, right? Like, Bama was like, all right, we finally got over the hump. We just brought this within seven. Let's let's go. Let's go defense. And then A-Chain just takes it to the house, and that place erupted. So, yeah, I mean, you know, for, for the last few years, they've talked about getting rid of the kickoff, and they've always done things by moving the kickoff up so there's more touchbacks. But that's why you can't get rid of that. Such a game-changing play, something you can't you can't predict. It's just, I mean... It's man on man. It's eleven versus eleven, and and you just got to you got to go make uh, go make a move and get down the field. Obviously, that doesn't happen very often. So the timing of that was absolutely insane. I mean, just to get that momentum right back, um, very impressed. But yeah, man, that whole man. That's why I love college football. The whole stadium was rocking. I mean, 
they obviously don't give a fuck about the fine because the fans just stormed the field right after, which I can't blame them because they, oh, yeah. they had a pretty rough start to the year. I mean, they've lost an SEC opponent, so say what you will. But, I mean, they came in with high hopes being ranked top 10 to start the year, and then obviously it hasn't gone their way and that kind of thing. But, man, what a game. Um, I, I've said it before on here. I've said to you many times off air, I'm here for chaos. And Saturday was oh, yeah. one of the most chaotic Saturdays that I, I can remember in a long time. Oh yeah. And, and it makes it just more, a lot more fun, honestly. But, uh, you know, props to Bama, like sticking it in there, like, and, and sticking with the game plan, like Bryce Young still played like 369 yards passing three touchdowns. That's still hella good for a freshman quarterback like I don't want to downplay what he did in such a hostile environment so it is a loss but you know as 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 we continue marching into kind of closer to the end of the season or it's really the middle of the season right now you know they look at that and they're like man that was a loss but you know big asterisks you know so it's going to look very good for as the playoff goes but uh yeah I mean and, and Alabama out Alabama outgained them in the the pass almost by 100 yards and then by about sixty in rushing yards, so um, yeah, Bama they, really stuck to that, and they all, yeah. they don't have Derrick Henry, but they're daggum gonna try to use yeah, somebody well, like Derrick Henry. Yeah, well, I mean Brian know. Roberts has been playing good, um, but but that that duo of uh, Isaiah Spiller and A Chain, man, that's that's one of the best in the SEC, and obviously haven't been talked about a lot until Saturday. But it was just funny because I'm, I'm gonna misquote it, but I had uh, told this to a couple people that going into that day was that they had interviewed. Uh, both Jimbo and Saban at one point, and uh, Jimbo had said, "You know what? We're we're gonna beat Alabama's ass, and uh, or beat whatever Coach Saban." Coach Saban was like, "Was he talking about golf? Like when we go play golf?" And it was just kind of funny because you know Jimbo was like, "Look, it's gonna happen eventually," and it just happened to be on Saturday. So um, yeah, good for A and M. Uh, not so great for Alabama, but I mean, look, it's SEC, it's college football. It's still early, so. I think both teams have a chance to kind of use this as fuel. Alabama uses fuel going in like, Hey, we can't afford another loss and A&M will use the fuel them and try to make a, maybe another run at a nine or 10 win season. No, I definitely agree. It's just adds to the chaos, which is like you're saying what, what you want. Uh, so the next big game, um, number four, number three, Penn State at Iowa, and it's kind of crazy that College Game Day decided not to show up there. They decided to go to Oklahoma, Texas. Um, can't blame them there, but to have a three and a four matchup is kind of crazy. But and I uh, think that's just before I my it took me a second to realize that too. But I, I'm just assuming because they were at Iowa, Iowa State, just either the week prior or two weeks before. So maybe that's the reasoning. And I don't remember where that game was at. So if it was at Iowa, I could see why they probably weren't going to go back in two weeks. But yeah, you normally you see top five matchup. It's like yeah, Game Day is definitely going to be there. No, I de- yeah, I definitely agree. And I don't want to sum this game up in, you know, just one phrase or something, but the biggest takeaway is that Penn State should have won this game, I believe. I feel like they were the better overall team with a little bit more talent. Uh, but the moment that Sean Clifford went out, that was just a – that just turned the tables on a dime, and that just really let Iowa take over, uh, unfortunately, for, for Penn State. I would like to have seen – like, I think if this game is played 10 times, I think Penn State wins seven of them, maybe, if Sean Clifford could stay healthy. Uh, that's how much he means to this team. Um, but still, very, very close game. What's your takeaways? 
Yeah, I mean, look, when your backup goes in and goes 7 to 21 for 34 yards and two picks, it's never a good day. Now, granted, he's right. not really expecting to go in, but then again, that's your backup's role is to be ready. I mean, look, I, I see 23 city, 23 20. I kind of actually thought you were going to say this was to me. I saw Big Ten, Big Ten score, you know, Big Ten <laughs> just, just kind of, yep. you know, just a, a tough, gritty matchup. I, I don't, this has just been one of my gut things again probably sounds stupid not maybe not the most analytics behind it but i just didn't feel like penn state was a top five team this year but obviously like and i just mean that because like i just watched them play versus auburn not that auburn's a bad team i just penn state obviously won that game but there's just some things that i just thought penn state should have really like, ran away with that game um but obviously they've been beating good teams so i mean they're obviously shutting me up and, and maybe obviously my opinion doesn't matter to any of those guys but i just kind of felt like at some point penn state's gonna fall but you know what sean clifford look you He's not anything special, but he's been around a long time, and he's getting the, and he's getting the job done. So, but shout out to Iowa, man. Uh, I mean, Iowa just—they're known for their big tight ends. They're known for that kind of eye formation pro style. They've obviously evolved a little bit, and they throw the ball a little bit more now. But that was just a good back and forth game. That, like you said, Penn State kind of was in control for most of it, and then you know Clifford goes out, and then you see what happens when you got a guy that's been. Uh, planned as long as he has and the experience he has and how much that matters and that's what you don't see a lot in college football I feel like nowadays um, which I mean you do like people got to stay three years or, or two if you redshirt but same thing we talk about in college basketball right like those teams that have those four-year guys the guys that have been around a long time been playing they, they they're not the lottery picks maybe but they've been around a long time they know the game they got the experience they've been in these kind of big game situations um, and unfortunately when, when a guy like Clifford goes out, like there's really no replacing that experience and that kind of mental fortitude that you have from playing in big games. And he's played in a, a lot of them at Penn state, but I, again, another great game. Um, I'm, I'm glad it was an early game too, man. Cause it just, this is how the, I mean, a lot of early games, but it's kind of kicked off the Saturday. Oh yeah, for sure. And this is a stat line that I think could just tell you a lot because you could look at the box score. Sean Clifford again he got hurt, but um, only 146 yards passing and two picks. You're like, well, that's not that great. Why, why are you saying he's so great? 94 QBR. Like, he had two picks, but like 94 QBR. Like, this kid is is pretty good. Um, so that's just the the big takeaway from there. And, and I mean, we're gonna get into rankings a little later, but I mean, Iowa. <laughs> Looking pretty good right about now. Yeah, I would say, and they've kind of got most of their like tough schedule out of the way, right? Like Indiana was ranked at the time they handled them first game of the year. They beat an Iowa State team that was top ten at the time, and then um, on a Friday night game versus Maryland, handle business. And I was just talking about Tungavailoa and how good he was been playing and, and that kind of surprised me the way they came out in that second quarter and just blew the doors off. And then when this one you got Purdue, you got a Wisconsin team that's not an easy team. You got Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois and and Nebraska. Now obviously a lot of those teams um they're not bad teams. Northwestern's pretty decent. Minnesota you never know. Um and then Nebraska to end the year. But I mean look they're sitting at number two right now and I wouldn't be surprised they go and, and run the table and then, then you got the Big Ten Championship game. So I don't think anybody predicted Iowa to be in the top four this year. And if you did, you're from the state of Iowa. Other than that, I don't think anybody made that prediction. Hey, don't offend all the people from Iowa. <laughs> no, I, I definitely hey, agree I'm with you, man. I'm just saying, I, if I was from Iowa, I'd pick them too. 
You're right. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing here with South Carolina and Clemson, it looks like right now. But uh, True. No, I agree. They, they should honestly easily run the table, and I would be very disappointed if they didn't. Um, one, because I'm agreeing with chaos again. This would be the perfect year to have a group of five and a, and a team like Iowa in, in the playoff, you know. Um, and, and they should easily run the table. Minnesota's been absolutely a different team this year. Wisconsin has this as, as well look a different team. Nebraska may not even have Scott Frost by the time they play him in the last game of the season. Facts. Like, yeah, so and they have it right in front of them. They could easily run that schedule, and then it's just if they don't lose terribly in the Big Ten championship game. So. Yeah, and it just it'll just kind of depend on who they play, um, which it looks like it's probably going to be the winner of – Ohio State, Michigan. Actually, you know what? I probably shouldn't even say that because Michigan State's been playing lights out. I forgot um, the final stats, but and I actually meant to text you about this and I didn't get a chance to. Did you see uh, Naylor, the receiver for uh, Michigan State, his his stats? I'll share with you his final stats, but at one point he had four catches for 208 yards and three touchdowns. You know, with five catches, 221 yards, three touchdowns, a 44.2-yard average. I didn't think they brought back ESports college football yet, but that's what he was doing out there. He was just absolutely destroying the Rutgers secondary. So, hey, my goodness, Michigan State. Um, what? What are they top ten now? Is that the current rankings? Maybe number nine. The I, current I don't remember. ranking is ten. Yes, sir. Yeah. So top ten. So, man, I tell you what, they're uh, surprising some people to say the least. And obviously, they still got to play Michigan this year. And I think they play Ohio State. Yeah, man, their their last four no, let's go last five games for Michigan State real quick. Um just to end the year. Actually, shoot, there're only six more. Might as well give you the rest of the schedule. They got Indiana next week. They get a bye week, then they got Michigan at home. They go to Purdue, Maryland at home, at Ohio State, Penn State at home. So, we might be talking about Michigan in the the final four. We'll see, but Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and then Penn State, who only has one loss in the conference. All those four teams are fighting to play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. So it's they might just absolutely just kind of devour themselves and just kind of make implode that whole conference. But, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever said, like, I'm excited for the end of the Big Ten year, but here I am, first time for everything. Yeah, this this conference is definitely going to be the most interesting at the end. It'll probably have the most teams ranked in the top ten to fifteen for sure. Yeah. Um, and but I didn't even realize that schedule till now. Michigan State, Penn State last week, Ohio State. Like they got to play Michigan in two, like three weeks, whatever. Like that's going to be. Ooh, we have to become a Big Ten fan. Don't strike me, Jesus. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm gonna go to the coastal side before I end up in the Big Ten, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, I've seen stranger things happen. All right, so uh, my bad. I kind of went on a little side tangent there. What game we got next? Uh, well, would you like to continue uh, with some big games, and we'll go with uh, Oklahoma at Texas, the Red River rivalry. Had <laughs> the one it you gets me have. every time. It does the Red yep. River. I can't even say it. You know what? Let's <laughs> <play one. laughs> I said it right last time. Um, obviously, the biggest game in Texas. Uh, sorry, Cowboys fans, but the State Fair is there. Big rivalry. 
The last couple years, it's been a crazy game. I picked Texas because, I don't know, Oklahoma has not been playing that good. I've been watching some of their games. The best thing about Oklahoma games is that Gus Johnson's on the call for most of it. That's been like the only positive thing. But Spencer Rattler hasn't been playing that good. Came in as a Heisman. What did I tell you at the beginning of the year when you told me about Spencer Rattler as a Heisman? Sure did. You said he's not a Heisman favorite. He's not a not a good quarterback. I didn't. I don't know if he's not that he's not a good quarterback. I just say he's not going to win the Heisman. Now, very matter of fact, not going to win the Heisman. But look, man, Texas should have won this game. Obviously, they came out. They looked like Tennessee because they scored thirty five points very early. Um, <laughs> they were just absolutely lighting up the scoreboard. I wasn't surprised Oklahoma came back, but I was surprised that. They came back and won it and did it without Spencer Rattler. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was absolutely crazy. Is it Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams, yeah. He kind of came out of nowhere. Like, again, I'm not an Oklahoma fan, and all I've ever heard of him, Oklahoma, was Spencer Rattler this year. So I had no clue what his backup was. And this was a freshman. Dude, and this is the thing 6'1, 218. The other thing about him, he didn't even play his senior year of high school because it got canceled because of COVID. So this is a kid that the last time he played football, was 2019 like he didn't even play his senior year of high school so he's played high school as a junior didn't play as a senior and he comes in today and or i say today comes in saturday and just like makes this furious comeback and oklahoma comes back and wins the game now for and i don't know if they did this because a potential run factor but spencer rather did come in and throw that two-point conversion to tie it up earlier um which was kind of weird they put him in the game but yeah caleb williams came in the game 16 to 25 212 yards two touchdowns 98-1 QBR compared to Spencer Rattler's 11 QBR. 8 of 15, 111 and a pick. Um, dude, honestly, man, to to me, and I, I, I guess real quick before I talk about quarterbacks is give Brooks, the Oklahoma guy, some credit. 25 carries, 217 yeah. yards, an 8.7-yard average. Me to it. I mean, look, you give you give the guy the ball, it's a first down. I mean, that's that's absolutely impressive. But uh, And then Williams gave 88 yards on the ground too. But to me, this was... And obviously not as big of a situation, but in his career and this year for Oklahoma, the same type of like Tua coming in for Jalen type thing. Like, look, you just, you need a spark. And if it doesn't work, Lincoln Riley is going to be, you know, he's going to be kind of crucified for it. But Caleb Williams comes in and just absolutely balls out. So, and then now, so Lincoln Riley is going to, deservedly so, is going to get some credit for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's kind of why I, I agree with you about Spencer Rattler. Like, if he was at a different university where he did not have, you know, that coach there drawing up those plays for him, and if you look at Oklahoma's schedule before this game, it was pretty pretty light. Never really played anybody that was worth anything, and they barely beat Nebraska, barely beat Tulane, like, barely beat K-State, like, this is a big win for the Oklahoma program, and I think it's better for them that they kind of come off of Spencer Rattler because just I, I again haven't really watched every minute of every game of Oklahoma, but he just hasn't been able to to just connect with everybody. But um, as as great as Kayla Williams did, like it's also like you're saying, I got to brag on Kennedy Brooks. Like he's just like their their rock there. He's like, I mean, if I had somebody to hand the ball off to, you know and had that kind of play action and stuff like that, like I could probably throw a touchdown there too. Like, you know, he, he did very, very, very good. Um, yeah, it's the same the Texas- concept that people didn't talk about with, with Clemson was that 
ETN, do you guys ran, you know, would run the ball for 200 yards a game and no one really talked about it because it wasn't flashy, but you guys would hand the ball off to Travis ETN and, and Wayne Gallman in the day and would just gash people. But obviously what you see in the highlights is the big plays, but I'm sorry, go ahead with Texas. No, no, you're, you're spot on with that. Um, but no, I was just, as far as Texas, like uh, the, the quarterback, Casey Thompson threw five touchdowns. Like he came out of nowhere in my mind too. Cause I haven't been watching Texas, you know, um, like that's, that's pretty impressive. And he, he's not a running quarterback cause he had five for negative 24. Um, and you know, some of those are probably sacks, but like, that's pretty impressive to, I mean, you, you, you did have a home, you know, home field advantage and everything. And that Texas crowd was pretty loud, but, uh, that, that's, you just thought it was going to be the year for Texas, I guess, and it just didn't turn out to be. They just, once again, late, just like last year, or was it last year they played? I can't remember now. COVID is all mashing together. But last time they played, it was, you know, a very tight overtime game, and Oklahoma pulled it out. Yeah, I think, so it, I think it like, was I think it was last year, actually, yeah. yeah so I was, I was excited, though. I was excited not as a Texas fan, but just I was ready for the uh, – we're back. Sam Ellinger videos to come back. And I was I was actually ready to shoot some of those out. And then obviously this is kind of what happened. But I mean, look, well, they were doing it throughout the whole game. Yeah. Well, that's Texas the thing. Fans. They did it a little too early. Um, yeah. But kind of like I said, like, oh, that's a big 10 score with the 23-20 Penn State Iowa game. This was big 12 all the way. Right. And unfortunately, Wait. unfortunately, uh, these these teams won't be Big Twelve much longer, but fifty five to forty eight, six hundred and sixty yards of offense for Oklahoma, over five hundred for Texas, like that's absolutely insane. Again, college football type numbers, uh, video game type numbers, I should say. Big Twelve but, type numbers, yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, as a fan uh, watching on TV and definitely having no skin in the game because I didn't have to have probably a heart attack like some other people did. What a crazy, wild game to watch. Yeah, in hindsight, you know think game day chose the right game to go to uh over penn state iowa which is crazy to think about but um but yeah so as you were talking about that's a big 12 score and it will be in the sec here's a little transition for you arkansas Ole miss 51 oh. to 52 Ole miss pulled that out that if that's what the new sec is gonna look like <laughs> especially if texas and oklahoma come over here and do that like i'm all for it that's always fun yeah, and you know what? This is kind of what I expected last week with Ole Miss, and not not fifty two points, but obviously the year prior they had to, they were in a shootout with Alabama, and so I thought Matt Corral would come out and have another big game, and he did. He had a huge game. Um, I I picked Ole Miss to win, but I thought it was going to be more like a thirty five, I don't know, thirty five twenty eight type game. Like I thought they're going to come out and score points, but I just didn't think Arkansas was going to just have the manpower to just get in a shootout with Ole Miss. Like if Arkansas is going to win, let's let's keep this thing down. Let's let's kind of it's going to sound cliche or punny, not cliche, but I wasn't but Corral Matt Corral is like that's that's what they need to try to do. Um but like I said, it just this is I didn't even get to watch the end of this game. I was cuz I think this was on the same time as the Texas game, so I was I was more kind of focused on that. But yeah, and you know what? I'm not even mad at Arkansas for going for that two-point conversion. Look, it's been a crazy game, back and forth all game. Why not get you guys out there and go win it, um, especially the way field goals are going nowadays? But yeah, dude, 52-51, like, 
absolutely wild. 676 yards of offense for Arkansas, 611 for Ole Miss. Um, Lane Kiffin finally got his popcorn, so <laughs> good yeah, for them. Yeah, you're right. But as, as much of a Big 12 score as this was, it was done in a very SEC way. Both yeah. teams had over 300 yards rushing. Like, you look at Matt Corral, he only threw the ball 21 times, and you say 52 points, they had to throw the ball more than that unless he was just completing yeah. everything, which it felt like he was. But, I mean, they, they ran for 324 yards. Like, that's pretty good. And Matt yeah, Corral and on the ground carries. himself. Yeah, 49 carries. Yeah, Matt Corral on the ground himself. Like, that looks good for an NFL prospect, you know. 94 yards and two touchdowns. Um but Arkansas still 350 yards themselves. They're going to run the ball, and actually Arkansas had more uh, passing yards as well. So, yeah, I mean Arkansas was able to run the ball 58 times for 350 yards. Um, yeah, but you're right. You don't really see that nowadays. I feel like that you got guys throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game, um, and Arkansas throws it for a seemingly low 35. And like I said, Ole Miss only 21 times, but they had some big plays, obviously. Uh, touchdown runs at 51 for Connor, 33 for Paris Jr. Like you said, Matt Corral had 94 on the ground. So very, very impressive. But when you got guys on Arkansas that, that are getting, I mean, the quarterback is getting 20 carries and, and the running back 17, like, um, that's what I like about college football, man. You got, you got to get your playmakers the ball. Sometimes in the NFL, the way the game goes, sometimes like, you know, running backs aren't getting 20 carries a, a game. A lot of times, 25 carries, unless you're Derrick Henry, but yeah, I think you've said it well by it. It's a shootout, but it is a little more SEC style than the Big 12. Right. And to score 52 points again for Ole Miss and have zero turnovers is like, that's a lot of popcorn for Lane Kiffin. Like, he's super happy about that. And Arks only had two, but again, turnovers kill you. So that, that, that's, that seems to figure out, you know, that was the game right there. But what's the next game you got? Yeah, I mean, only only five points or five punts in the entire game, which is just wild because I watched some other games where he punted five times in the first quarter. But that, yeah. I mean, South Carolina game. I'm um, just kidding. I don't know how many times uh, we punted, but right before we get in that, we'll go to uh, we'll go to Coastal real quick. Um, who played on Thursday night? Actually, they played Arkansas State. I mean, look, it's the same sentiment as last week, right? I was being a little extreme about it, but. They scored 52 again, beat a team by 90 points, not even possible, but they're absolutely just destroying people. Again, it's Arkansas State. They were 1-4 coming into the game. But look, you got to beat the people in front of you. And right now, and I, I maybe I sound hypocritical because I've given Clemson shit over the years over their ACC schedule, but look, you got to play the people in front of you. And Clemson's done a good job by scheduling non-conference opponents, and they've been helped out by some better ACC teams. Coastal will only get better as their... Um, scheduling these opponents. I mean, you got to think about it. They haven't been Division 1A very long. Like, they were just FCS a few years ago, so I don't expect them to have all these big-time non-conference games. But I tell you what, they might not even get any because no one's going to want to schedule them with that offense. As long as Grayson McCall is at the helm right now, dude, I I wouldn't want to play Coast. I don't care who you are. Right. He's leading the nation right now in completion percentage, uh, 79.8, and second is 75.7, so that's actually a pretty big gap. And then the passer rating, he's leading the nation in that at 234.3. Second place is Kenny Pickett at 194.7. Like, absolutely insane. gum. This uh, Grayson McCall kid. Heck, talk about NFL prospects. We see how Josh Allen at freaking Wyoming, how, how he's doing in the NFL. Like, 
this dude playing at Coastal may right be maybe right up there with them. But uh, we got to bring up Isaiah Likely. Eight receptions, two hundred thirty-two yeah, yards, and yeah. four touchdowns. I will remind the people out there: this man is a tight end, six four two forty, and he's faster than most people on the field. Like looking back oh, at some man. of those highlights, he was pulling away from secondary. Like this man is highly likely <laughs> to be a very big prospect in the NFL as well. But not even just talking about NFL. Yeah, like, especially now. Th- yeah. And this team legit has a, a big chance to, I would say, contend for a New Year's Six Bowl at the very, very least. I would love to see them in the playoff or be right there on the edge, but just like we talked about, the lack of schedule that they had, the strength of schedule that they have is just what's holding them back. We've heard that many a times now. But um, they, they do play App State and Troy next. I would say two of their more tough schedule uh, people on their schedule left, and then obviously the, they'll have to play in the Sun Belt Championship, which will probably be against Louisiana, um, which should be a good game like it was last year. But uh, this this Coastal team, man, give me a couple shirts, give me some uh, you know hats and stuff. I, I'm I'm all in on on the Chanticleers. Yeah, it's weird. Their uh, next game is going to be on Wednesday, the twentieth versus App State. App State's 4-1. After that, there's only one other team that's above 500. So you're right. I mean, look, that, that's going to be, unfortunately, their kind of Achilles heel is the fact that, look, they're not going to get in the playoffs, unfortunately, just because of the schedule. And look, it is what it is. I get it. I, I don't think with the schedule they necessarily deserve to be in, but as somebody from the home state and kind of a homer that's, that's again, for chaos, it would be just be awesome to see Coastal get in. But look, it's not going to happen this year, but you're right. I think a New Year's Six Bowl is very, very likely. And what's going to happen is they're going to play a very good team in that New Year's Six Bowl, and they're going to be a ranked opponent. And uh, then they'll get their real test. And look, if they if they, if they they make this run of the schedule and they win the conference and then whoever New Year's Six Bowl they play and, and they get that win, they're going to come in next year, probably ranked top 12 maybe. And it depends. We'll see if they give them enough of a doubt. But next year might be where we can actually – kind of have them start talking about maybe creeping in the playoff but i'm with you dude isaiah likely with that 6'4 240 man he's this is not a comparison of skill because i haven't watched enough to even have this conversation but just how people talk about kyle pitts how he's he's a tight end but he's got the speed of a receiver and the way the nfl is with you can't hit people over the middle all defensive receivers you see what's happening in the tight end world with travis kelsey and george kittle and tj hawkinson um all these guys are just blowing up and they're freak athletes it's not the old school Tony Gonzalez. We're gonna block, and, and obviously Tony was a great receiver. He leads most of the NFL and all those career stats. But yeah, I, the way Likely's playing right now, um, I, I don't see why he wouldn't get a shot uh, in the NFL. Hey, and and even if he's not highly recruited or highly touted, look, somebody's gonna get a very good player, uh, somebody that knows winning. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to watch him. Uh, but yeah, the plan on a Wednesday night, so that's kind of weird. But I guess we'll get football every day. <laughs> Never a bad thing, but uh, it has, I was just looking at his player card. Grayson McCall is only a sophomore, which is crazy. Correct. Yeah, but uh, Isaiah Likely is a senior, and I think this is actually McCall's third year because I guess it depends on. I don't know how they list it if because obviously with COVID, like they're giving him another year, and I don't know if they have to designate that as a red shirt or not. So right, uh, but you're right. Yeah, I mean. Likely will be and gone. their other leading, 
and their other leading receiver, Javon Hialeah. I mean, he. I think this is the year. I mean, I agree with you. Coastal's, I think, going to be pretty good with Grayson McCall next year as well. But, I mean, their two best receivers are seniors this year. I think if there's ever a year, um, you know, I'm, again, I'm with you. It's kind of hard to put them in based on schedules, the strength schedule, but like a really good New Year's Six Bowl. I think this is the year for Coastal. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how they recruit this year, right? I haven't looked at the rankings recently to see where they're at, but. Obviously, that's what everything's based out of, but I don't see how they wouldn't have um, at least a pretty decent class, you know, coming in. But, hey, look, I'm excited. Look, they, they shocked the world years ago when they won the, the baseball national championship. So I'd like for them to create some more chaos here pretty soon in college football. Um, yes, but what sir. we got next, I believe, is let me make sure I'm not passing over anything real quick. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, to South Carolina. So, my team played Tennessee this week, and uh, I will say I had I had a little confidence going in, as I do every week. Unfortunately, no matter what the situation is, um, came came in with a top ten defense in the nation. So, anything I can hang my hat on this year has been the defense has been playing pretty well. Um, we didn't have Cam Smith, who's our best cover corner, but. Cam Smith doesn't uh, prevent 45 points from being put on the board. Uh, look, you, you can't give up. Um, I'm trying to find how actually many points they scored in the first quarter. Um, 28. was a lot. 28. You can't give up 28 points in the first quarter. Because I, I don't care what team you are. Like, good luck trying to come back. Obviously, unless you're Oklahoma. Because they were down by <laughs> about that same score. So maybe besides Oklahoma, I apologize. There's not a lot of teams coming back. Uh, I mean, look, the second half, we outscored them 13 to seven which is not a win in my book i'm just saying like that's the type of like second quarter uh it was 10 7 tennessee and then we scored seven in the third they didn't score at all we scored six in the fourth they scored seven so you you exhumate the first quarter and we got a ball game and you can't do that obviously but i, I don't know what the the deal was miscommunication in the secondary i have no idea Obviously, the play that hurts big time is we were running the ball, we're gashing them. Uh, it was, I think, it was when it was fourteen or it was twenty-one-seven. I think at this point, maybe um, or twenty. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but we we had a chance to go down and score a touchdown. We had gashed them. We'd been running Marshawn Lowe and Kevin Harris, Juju down the field, and we get on the two-yard line. We decided to be cute and put in Jordan Birch, our D end, and decided to throw a pass with him. Now look, he threw the pass. There's three Tennessee guys. It's bad. Now, if you would have thrown a little bit higher, Muse is there, who's probably gonna drop it anyways. But Muse is in the he's in the back of the end zone. He technically, if you can get it over those guys, but look, what we, look, we're not look, if we were playing Georgia and we needed to get cute because we just can't match up man to man with them on the line of scrimmage, but no one has this year. I don't right. think that was the the issue. So let's just keep running the ball. You know what? And if he, if he gets the fourth down, do you want to put Jordan Birch in? Because, like, oh, this is a big boy. They're going to hand it to him or use him as a blocker and then run that little fake pass thing. Good for him. Um, but at this point, and, and this isn't a shot at Doty because I think Doty's been playing pretty well. But if anyone needs to be throwing the ball, it's the punter because he had the best throw the whole damn day, even though, honestly, I thought he, I thought he just grabbed the ball and said, fuck it, and just threw it straight up in the air because that's what it looked like to me. He grabbed the ball. He threw it straight up in the air. Somehow we had a guy going down the field. Uh, but yeah, man, you look, I got all excited. I'm eating burgers. I'm eating wings, getting ready for my birthday weekend. 
I sit down, ready to watch this game, and then it's just like the wind out of your sails. And it's just like, uh, what do we do? And after every touchdown, I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. And how many times can you do that? So, right. yeah, now, it's just it's a rough I'll, one. I'll start by asking you, did you watch the whole game? Yep, I watched it until the last minute and 30 seconds when I just knew they had the ball and they were going to kneel it. But yeah, I, I sat and watched the entire game. As I know. That's good. As I That's normally true. do. Sorry about that. Little uh, things falling here in the <laughs> makeshift studio. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, like I I got to admit it was hard to watch, you know, continuously. And I'm glad you're the South Carolina fan that could could stay and watch the whole thing. Um, I, my main thing is after seeing that just slaughter of a first quarter is – and it seemed to, to happen whether Tennessee took their, their foot off the pedal or – if South Carolina actually made some adjustments and and game plan and played a better second half, was that kind of what you saw? Yeah, I'm, sure like a, I'm a, sure it was a little of both. I'm sure they let off the pedal, and I think we finally just started playing defense and putting hat on a hat and started making some plays. Um, look, we still didn't do enough offensively. Like we, we haven't scored a lot of points this year, so 20 points was like, all right, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're at, unfortunately, even though I feel like we got more playmakers than that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we, I don't know, man. It's just... It's just like these aren't the games to do that. Like, look, Georgia's gonna spank us by that much. Like, I I get it this year, but like, these are the type of games, man. And look, I, I'm not. It's a rebuilding year. I've said it a bunch of times, man. We're rebuilding. I get it. We got to give this coaching staff some time. It's just again, it's just frustrating going through this grind. But hopefully, in a few years, I can look back and say this was kind of us getting to a different point. But right now, it's tough. Right, and it's always it's always hard to play in Knoxville. Um. That's a, a crazy crowd as well as another SEC team. So, of course, it's going to be hard to go into their stadium and win. But that's the thing. I, I agree. Like, you, you're going to be frustrated. You're accepting it before the game happens. But you want to see stuff to build on. And to just get spanked like that in the first half, just it, it almost takes away any kind of want for your team to build on anything. And it makes it hard for people to believe in somebody like Shane Beamer and I, I am a believer in him I think he's running the program pretty well for a first year for a first year coach uh but th- whose call was that 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 could be like a play of of the season for y'all who I'm guessing was that the offensive yeah coordinator's yeah no call, that was that Shane Beamer's that, no no that that was Satterfield's call um and same with Tony Elliott on Twitter people were calling for Satterfield and I think he's a good coordinator I just think look Beamer said it and he took the blame. He's like, look, just one of those things. If it works, we celebrate. If it doesn't, I, I, here I am to blame. But I mean, look, yeah, it just looks bad because it was a bad throw and there's three Tennessee guys there. When if he would have just thrown it over the guys, Muse would at least, it would have hit his hands. He probably would have caught it. But Birch isn't a quarterback. And he obviously, if it's worked in practice, I'm sure it has. Everything works in practice. <laughs> I mean,. Not everything, but most yeah. things most things work in practice. Um Yeah, I mean that's Satterfield's call there. And and that's that's just one of those things where it's like, look, just just stick with the run, man. I feel like I've been saying this about right, every team. What was the score of the game at that point? Um Do you remember? Yeah, it was I wanna see here, I'll, I'll get it exactly, but I remember because I wanna say it was twenty one seven. No, 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 we we didn't we never got to twenty one seven. Well, I'll take it back. It would have been uh Twenty-one seven, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, it was twenty-eight nothing in the first. So, I mean, I can understand if that was like 
you know, you want to, my, my thing was that you want to get some points on the board. So I understand trying to do like a trick play, but I think when you're down like that, and obviously you got to like establish a run, you got to try to get what your game plan was and go out there and still try to establish it. Yeah. So it, it was um, 14, it, it was 14 zero at that time. So it would have okay. been, it would have been 14 seven. And I think that would have changed. Now, look, we still might have got blown, the doors blown off, but at least, like, it seemed like it would have changed the momentum, right? Now it's 14-7, give them the ball. Like, instead, they go down a score, 21-7, then we fumble. Um, we uh, we fumbled the snap, and now it's 28 nothing, and it's the first quarter, and it's like, oh, shit. Like, what? It just went downhill very fast. Um, man. Yeah. It. But it's sad to say, but it feels kind of like the Georgia game. There's not a whole lot analytically that you could say about it yeah. that it's like, yeah, y'all didn't do this correctly or this correct. It was just like a smack in the face. And well, yeah, I mean, the secondary, like, you can't, I don't know how guys just, run, like, that's what I'm saying, big miscommunication. Guys just can't get past you like that in the secondary. I mean, they were 20 yards past us. Like, and look, and, and, and everybody says it when their team's losing, so I hate even saying it, but like, we we finished the game at least like I think Beamer is changing the culture slowly. We didn't quit. We didn't give up. I, I don't think this. I don't think we would have scored twenty points and held them like that in the second half with Muschamp. But th- look, it's this is big time college football. That doesn't matter. I mean, it does like in the grand scheme of things. Like the culture change. I'm right. saying like right now, it's not an excuse for me to say ah oh, he's changing the culture. We're okay. Like I'm never okay with the forty five twenty loss, especially not at Tennessee when like right now it's like Florida and Georgia have been. The kind of two top dogs in the league for a while, or in our division, and like us in Tennessee have kind of been the next two a- until now with the way Kentucky's playing. But so that's like that's kind of how I see it, you know, Tennessee and us, and we're we're just we're just not there yet. Yeah, and I think that like whenever y'all play Kentucky, Missouri, and Tennessee, those are like the that you got to have games. Right. Those are the ones that you need to have. You know you're not going to beat a Florida for maybe a few years. You know you're not going to beat a Bama. You know you're not going to beat a Georgia because uh, those teams are just established. They've been there, and they just had the, rec- the recruits pouring in. But these kind of mid-tier SEC teams are the ones that you all need to look at every year and be like, okay, this is where we need to grow and build on. And it just it doesn't seem like it's happening this year. And, again, expected with the with a new coach. But, again, my point, you want to build on – some game plans and you want to build on to see what kind of hat, you know, players you have and stuff. But, um, again, uh, Tennessee seems to be pretty good. Uh, Hendon hooker has been impressive. That dude yeah. can sling it. Well, that I, dude can really, I sling wish it. Joe Milton would still be playing. Cause he would have done what he did at Michigan, which was not winning a lot of games. But I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like I'm not naive to the fact that like, yeah, we're not at Georgia's level. We're not at Alabama's level. We're not at Florida. Like, I'm not naive to that. That's why I think this game hurts so much more because it's like this was supposed yeah. to be a team that – now, we, look, we weren't supposed to win the game. I get it, but, like, this was a team more in our level uh, in this in the same process. But, obviously, Hooker's been playing a lot of football at Virginia Tech. But that's why I think it hurts so much more. Like, Georgia – like, I, look, I don't like losing, but, like, they've been knocking the brakes off of everybody um, besides Clemson. But – that's just they just been dominant uh, at up front. So coming in this game, I was like, all right, this is like we'll have a shot to win the game, and it, it just didn't happen. So we'll look. We're eighteen point favorites next week versus uh, Vandy. Or I think we have a week off actually. Um, so we we really need to go and handle business, like handle it, and let's let's keep it moving. Like I don't want to squeak by Vandy because Vandy's been absolutely terrible. So 
Yeah, you said it's a seven. Y'all are seventeen point favorites. Yeah, it's seventeen or eighteen. Last I looked, uh, it's saying eighteen and a half right now. But I would have to agree. Like I think for as South Carolina fan, like somebody like you that really wants, I think y'all should cover that. Look, that would make if, you feel a little bit better. If they gave us eighteen and a half, the way we've been playing, that just goes to show you how bad Vandy is. You know what I'm saying? That's why right. I'm like, we need to handle business. So, yeah, because I mean, it's not like your schedule. You always have one of the toughest every year, and you got to go at two a and m the next week. You're home to Florida. Got to play the three Tigers after that at Missouri, home to Auburn, and home to Clemson. Like, I, I think it's Vandy and Missouri are the ones that y'all can compete with right now to get those two more wins. And Auburn is one that's kind of. I think the, I think we'll beat Auburn because, like I said, I hope you join me. But I'll be at I'll be in the crowd at Auburn and I'll be yelling at Mike Bobo all game. Unless he's in the booth, he might not be able to hear me. But he, I'm going to be yelling so much at Bobo that he's he's just going to get rattled. And he's going to do what he always does, and that's make bad play calls. And we're probably going to win that game. So <laughs> that's kind of how I like the confidence. <laughs> yep. But three and three, I mean, that's kind of. Dude, you're what right. You expected to be. We gotta beat. We gotta beat Vandy, Missouri, and one more to get to a bowl game. And I'm back on my six and six wish. Just want to go six and six and play in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. <laughs> that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's a good good way to do it, and and compete with Clemson too. I think. You know. Yeah, that's, hey, that's dude, another thing. Look, and I I've, I don't think I've been this confident for that game in a while. I'm pretty confident this year. We can we look. Now look, if y'all make if y'all take DJ out by the time we play, I'm gonna be real pissed. Y'all better leave DJ's big ass in there because I want a piece of DJ at the end of the year. I might be eating my words later on. He might start balling out, but I know I was just about to say, didn't we just have like a, a ten minute you know analytical conversation about how y'all just lost a ten team? Hey, hey, yeah. hey, 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 right, hey, right now, Hooker's better than DJ. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I've ever been more confident right now. We have a chance. We have a chance. <laughs> and that's just based on Clemson being bad. Right now. <laughs> that has nothing to do with yeah, y'all. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. <laughs> right now, I think it's a three-point three Clemson uh, spread right now, if I had to guess. I, I don't know, because Clemson, like, and like that, they, that's a they nine, have the six, bye week. By... Oh, did that fix everything? <laughs> <laughs> Is that all you needed was, was a week? No, I was trying to transition a little bit. Well, because, hey, uh, actually, no, I was going to say, we go play. Ahead. Go ahead. Go. I just no. want to know what you guys are doing this bye week. That's so magical. No, no, it wasn't magical. I'm just saying, I think we have a chance for some of our, like, just to let the, the listeners know that Clemson does not have a game this week, obviously, just in case you didn't, you know. I'm not saying whatever, but well, look, I don't know if you guys are practicing off. or DJ might be filming Dr. Pepper commercials. It's probably why he's not. I, probably, probably, dude. We ain't practicing because everybody's hurt. If I'm being honest, so uh, yeah. But what I was saying is, we play this coming Friday at Syracuse, and just for example, you're talking about the spread with the Carolina game. For some reason that I can't tell, we are actually still plus uh, minus 14 at Syracuse, like. As bad as we play, we can't score 14 points. I don't know where that plus or minus 14 is coming from, but like, I mean, I don't know what like. I don't think it's going to be like a minus three Clemson when they when we go to Carolina. I think it's still going to be if they're doing that to Syracuse. I think it's still going to be like a 17 point spread or something like that when we get there, unless we just continue to lose everybody and Dabo suddenly tears an ACL walking down the sideline, like you know. 
He won't Who do knows? it walking down the sideline, but he'll do it running down the hill. No right chance. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he, he books it down the hill. He does. And look, I'm going to bring up a point that my dad brought up Saturday. He was like, did you guys like not watch DJ over the summer? Like, was he just, was he just good? Like at practice? <laughs> like, did you guys not like? That's a good. Like that was his thing. Point. He's like, y'all guys had him all summer. Like, what happened? Like, uh, no, you're right. But I mean, you you said it earlier. Like, it they they completed that pass in practice. Like, okay, that's practice. What what everything and that's, happened and that's what I said. Practice. Yeah, that's what I said. I, a lot of people look yeah. good in practice. Um. Exactly. Not wearing pads, barely trying. Like, yeah. Even though we have a good defense, like, yeah, there's he's still gonna look good. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if, it's, just, if it's good on good and it's number one versus number one, like what you would have thought, like. Right. But look, I, I don't get me wrong. His arm talent jumps out at you, um, which I want to transition real quick because I, and we'll get back to on point. But I brought up the Dr Pepper commercial, and then we just said arm talent. Um, Derek Derek King, did you see that? Yeah. Can you yes. go tell the listeners the what happened to Derek King? I saw he was out for the year. Uh, I I'm getting the in, actual injury mixed up, but because I saw that Juju Smith's sister has a dislocated shoulder, he's out for the Steelers all year. Um, but I do not know exactly why Derek King is out for the year. I'm, I I want to say it's you know? a shoulder injury. Uh, season ending. That could be shoulder. why I'm thinking of Juju right now. But this is the reason I want to bring why the Dr. Pepper thing, uh, the name, image, likeness deal, it brought this up. So Derek King is sponsored by College Hunks Moving Company, and he has a shoulder surgery, and he, he's hurt. So, look, I'm just saying you guys might want to look for a new spokesperson because your boy can't even lift <laughs> anything else up. Like He can't lift up the Miami team. He can't even lift up a, a dog because he got a bad shoulder. So... I don't know who you guys should sponsor. Um, it shouldn't be Derry King. And DJ, you look, ukulele better stop drinking Dr. Pepper because <laughs> it ain't working either. I'm just on a rant. Good thing nobody <laughs> at Carolina signed any name image likeness deals that I'm aware of yet. Uh, no, they sound like Popeyes and stuff, like smaller ones. I think Luke Doty did, didn't he? Uh, I don't think so. I think I there was that. No, no, that was... Uh, uh, was that George's quarterback or is that Zaxby's? I don't know, but don't, I, I can't talk shit about Popeye's cause I kind of do like the food except for the service is always kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's one game we never talked about. Speaking of Popeye's is your LSU Tigers lost to Kentucky. Yeah. Look, um, I was at a bar watching that and they had the sound going on and Kentucky was just, I'm not surprised. Look, Derek Stingley's out for the year. Ed Orgeron hasn't been able to eat enough crawfish. So they just haven't been able to win enough games. <laughs> they don't have the players right now. Um, but, uh, dude, I don't know why. As soon as I, my brain is just obviously wired differently, but <laughs> as soon as I saw that Derek King had a shoulder injury, I immediately was like, dude, he's sponsored by a moving company. Uh, this is not, not a good look. So, but moving on, we don't need to talk about that because the college hunks in Miami, um, that's pretty good aren't, memory. Aren't going to be, man. aren't going to be moving a lot of people because no one's going to go to Miami because <clears throat> they're trash. But I digress. Ooh, yep. I dig- they, they just Shots lose. Fired. They did just lose a big recruit, by the way. Can't think of his name. Also, that big uh, tight end recruit just signed with Alabama that I sent you. That Clemson was in his top four. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. But oh, another another big tight end. If you guys haven't heard, Oscar Delp. Oscar Delp. He's a 
four five-star tight end out of Georgia. Unfortunately, he's from Gunner Stockton, who <clears throat> Bobo ruined from going to South Carolina. But Oscar Delp, uh, his top four, is, uh, it's Michigan, South Carolina, Clemson, and there's one other, in Georgia, I'm sorry, in Georgia. Um, and right now it's leaning towards, I think it's like South Carolina, Michigan, and Georgia at the top. I think Clemson kind of fell out a little bit. And this is not a shot at y'all. This is just re- actual recruiting news. Like, yeah, that's just yeah. kind of what, what the deal is. He's supposed to commit this week. So hopefully he's watching Nick Muse and be like, yo, Mick, Nick Muse is getting a lot of targets. He's getting open, but he can't catch. So maybe I can go in and catch the ball. Hey, but you know what? Th- this is your fault. Well. I wasn't even on the Nick Muse can't catch train because you brought it up first until Saturday. And now, yeah. and now I'm on it. I'm full. I'm wrote, full aboard. I'm Polar Express. I'm on the train. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm. I think we obviously got the better brother with Tanner Muse at Clemson, who's now in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but I I noticed that last year, like he was just dropping balls left and right, and I was like, yeah, that's just kind of a an issue you don't want to have playing tight end, you know. You, but what do I know? So, but one thing I wanted. I think we want to try to do this week. Now that we've talked about a lot of games is we're going to bring up the rankings since we're about halfway through the season. Uh, and again, these are just the AP poll rankings. So we kind of have some issues with them. Yeah. Not trustworthy. And we, we kind of both have our own different issues with them. Um, so I'll let you go first with yours. Is your 10 ready? I can tell the, the people, the actual 10, but I just want to ask if yours is ready. Come mine is. Um, Still think? Yeah, no, no, no. I got it. I'm just like, and maybe maybe this is just opinion, but like, a part of me like wants to give people like the ranking based on like their schedule and who they played, and then a lot of a part of me too is I think this is why it makes the college football play- selection committee so great. Is like, there is obviously you got to have that eye test too, right? So like, for instance, the in the actual top uh, poll, they got Michigan at number eight and Penn State at seven. Me personally, I just think Michigan's a better team so far, so I would I would have put them ahead. But that's gonna confuse some people. So I'll, I'll go my top ten, um, real quick. Um, I didn't get a chance. To actually, well, hold on. But before, yeah, I'm sorry. Before go ahead. I, before just for the listeners, before you actually said your top ten, this is the actual. Yeah, top go ahead and give them the actual top ten. Good idea. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. Uh, but this is the actual top ten after week. Uh, this is week seven now, or after week seven? I don't know how they do that. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. But Georgia's number one. Iowa's number two. Cincinnati is number three. First time a, a group of five ever been ranked in the top five. There we go. Uh, Oklahoma is number four. Nah. Alabama's number five. Ohio State's number six. Crash. Penn State is seven. Michigan is eight. Oregon is nine. And uh, Michigan State is ten. The first two out is Kentucky at 11 and Oklahoma State at 12 and Ole Miss at 13. Go ahead, my good sir. Uh, this is tough. Um, because Oregon also has a running back out. CJ Verdell's out for the year. Um, I don't know what his name image likeness deal is. Hopefully it doesn't affect him in any way. Um, but look, my number one team, <clears throat> I think as most people in the country, unless you've been under rock is the Georgia Bulldogs. Look, they're dominated up front. Um, and they're kind of starting to get their offense together. The only thing that they haven't done is like a consistency with like, Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels like JT's been kind of beat up so Stetson's coming in which look it hasn't really affected much they've been winning games but JT's still the guy so they need to get him healthy for these for the big games coming up number two I do agree with the AP poll is Iowa um 
look, this, they've proved it so far. They've beaten two top 10 teams, one of those being a top five this week in Penn State. So, look, they've they've beat all the opponents in front of them. Number three is where it gets tough. Um, I'm not really big on Oklahoma just because, I like we talked about earlier, they haven't been playing good. Um, and I don't even mean to break each team down, but I'm just trying to process in my own head. Like, But then, but then again, look, they're undefeated. So, again look if it was my team a win is a win right as a coach a win is a win it's not pretty but you're you're used to dominating all these people but man it's tough man i i guess i'm gonna give uh i'm gonna give oklahoma number three just based on especially like beating a pretty good texas team so i got cincinnati um, they're going to round out at number four. This was tough for me because I, I almost thought Alabama should be number four, but they do have a, I still think being undefeated says something. Um, look, Alabama's not going to stay at number five this year. They're, they're going to move up and they're going to be in the playoff discussion, at least up until the SEC championship game. Another conversation for another day, probably if, if a two loss team's getting in, we'll just see how the rest of the year goes. But yeah, so right now I got Georgia, Iowa, Oklahoma, Cincinnati at four, Bama at five. Um, Ohio State will stay at number okay. six. Actually, you, know what, you if you want to give your top five, and then and then we can round out mine, and then and then back to you if you want to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is they that's kind of how the the committee does it. They announce their top six essentially, and then we, you know, so if you did your yep, I could do mine. Yep. Um, and I'm kind of still all day long. I've been kind of debating this, and I wrote it down one way, and I'm still kind of debating it in my head and wanting to kind of change it. Um. Because I did actually just really look again back at Oklahoma's schedule. Um, I had OU at four, so I think I may change that. But mine is Georgia, solid number one. I mean, can't go wrong there. Iowa deserves that number two ranking. Yep. They were three, beat a four, and the two-team loss, obviously, simple as natural that. Natural progression. Or the one-team like loss. It. Yeah, natural progression. But even beyond that, I think they are a very good team. Um, I have Cincy there, just like the AP poll. I do believe it's the time for them to be up there. Um, and what was that look for? Oh, no, you're good. Keep it moving. Okay, okay. Uh, I Originally, like I said, I had Oklahoma at four, but I think Ohio State, looking at at how they've really crushed like past Ohio State teams, you know, first first week they had Minnesota, didn't beat them by like by two scores, and they had that home loss to Oregon, but it was only about one score. I think I got to put Ohio State over him right now, even though Oklahoma did just had that win. But t- we're still unsure about Texas if we think they're good. But it's just kind of up in the air. I think Ohio State so far it needs to be at four, and I hate Ohio State. So saying something. No, that is a lot for and you. Then, I would agree. Right. And then I got Oklahoma at five because of that big win. And then I actually have Michigan at six. Call me crazy, but I like they're it. undefeated. I like it. They are. Yep, I agree. And plus, that'll help with TV ratings whenever it comes down to it, if they possibly are still undefeated whenever it comes to play Ohio State. But I'm not looking at this based on TV uh, ratings and stuff. Correct. But that's just right now what I feel like. So you got... Um, so where do you got Alabama? Georgia. You got Alabama at number seven? I do. Do you want... Um, yeah, I was just trying to visualize that. I didn't have it written down in front of me. Um, so you got you got Georgia, Iowa, three you had Cincinnati. Yep. And then four you got Ohio State, five Oklahoma, 
six Michigan, seven Alabama. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right. So, all right. We'll go ahead and round out the, your last your last few there. So, Bama at seven. Who you got? Eight, nine, and ten. I got uh, Penn State at eight. The rest of them aren't like crazy. Yeah. You know, I think Michigan being up there is the one you could debate about, and then Bama dropping. Um. But and this is part of the sore loser in me, but I think Bama should drop a good bit because they have the opportunity to jump right back into the mix. Yeah. They can easily hop over teams. Correct. And I mean, Clemson did drop like a crazy amount. Granted, they did, they look nothing like Alabama does this year, but they dropped after winning games. You know, I feel like a Bama team, even though no, even though they were number one in the country, should drop a little bit more than just what they did. That's up for debate. But anyway, um, Penn State at eight. And then I had Oregon at nine, just like AP poll. But this is I they need to give more respect to Coastal. And that's not me saying South Carolina, you know, I'm in South Carolina, so you know, home team need to be in there. But the, I have them at ten. Cause it feels like they've been winning I mean they I don't have their scores right in front of me, but you saw what they just did to Arkansas State. It felt like they did that last week to whoever the hell they played, beat them like fifty nine to nothing, whatever. Like and they've been stagnant. At like seventeen, and then sixteen, and then been sixteen, and now they're at fifteen. Like, I have them in the top ten. I have them at ten. Um, and then I have Kentucky at eleven, Ole Miss at twelve, and then Wake actually at thirteen. There you go. Uh, Are you going full full blown twenty five? No, no. I just have the top. Oh, 15. I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, because we're doing the top ten. I wanted to do like the first couple out. Yeah, yeah. 10. No worries. Um, I actually uh, differ ever so slightly, um, and a lot of it's like there, there's a, there's a couple teams there that have have both won big games, and I, that I mean Oregon and Kentucky. Look, Kentucky's got Georgia as, as their next game. After that, they could easily run the table. It's just SEC; they're they're not going to. But so I got Bama at number five. Um, who did I say I had at number six again? Ohio State. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, Ohio State number six. <laughs> I got Michigan right behind them at number seven. Okay. And then I got... Um, uh, let me get this right. Where am I missing? All right, yeah, so Michigan at number... What did I say, seven? Mich- yes. I got Michigan State at eight. Penn State at number nine. And then cracking the top ten... With wins over Florida and LSU, I got the Kentucky Wildcats sitting at number 10. Oregon will be the right after at number 11. Look, they've obviously beat Ohio State, but they did lose. And Kentucky's just been reeling off these wins. So just more of a recency bias. Uh, and, and they're undefeated. I got Kentucky cracking the top 10. Look, I don't think Kentucky's been in the top 10 since uh, Randall Cobb's quarterback. Uh, I very specifically remember going to a game it's my on my birthday or birthday weekend, 2007. Randall Cobb was a quarterback. Uh, Chris Smelly was a quarterback for South Carolina, and we Ooh. we won a very very. It was a top ten matchup, which is rare for a South Carolina Kentucky matchup, but we won a close one. Um, obviously, me and my dad are both Carolina fans, but he was wearing a Kentucky blue rain jacket that night, getting a lot of go Wildcats cheers from a lot of people. I vividly remember that. I didn't have to. <laughs> Uh, well, no, I guess I didn't have to skip school because it was a Saturday, but yeah, I vividly remember that. So Kentucky's in the top ten. First time in a while, Oregon is right uh, after them at number 11. I got um, Oak State at 12, and then Ole Miss will round it out at 13. Coastal 
we'll jump up to 14 and the rest really doesn't matter. I was debating putting Wake a little bit uh, further up there too because I think they got a pretty good team, but they, don't, they just don't have the resume that some of those other teams have. So I'm excited though. I'm excited. I'm glad we differ a little bit. Um, and it should just should just be getting more chaotic as we go forward. Yeah, and that's kind of why I have you know some teams in different spots that like a lot of people would probably disagree with. Is there's still we're only halfway through the season, and there still is a lot of chaos to happen, as already has been. Um, I think I saw a stat of something like there's been 18 top 25 teams or something like that lost already this year. And that's like the most out of any year this early in the season or something like that. I forgot what the actual stat was. but So it's been a chaotic year, and I'm just down from more of it. And I'm just – especially with Clemson out of the – you know, really out of the top 25 in general, but out of the top four for sure. Like I'm down to throw a freaking Iowa in there and throw a Cincinnati in there and stuff like that. That's why I'm pushing Coastal up there in top 10 because sometimes I look at it as like, yeah, Kentucky's good. Yeah, Ole Miss is good, but you put – Coastal versus them, I, it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think there's anything that, we, that we've seen so far that says it, it's not going to be a close one. It's just, obviously, we a lot of the teams that are in the top 25, we can compare matchups and we can say, all right, there's a little bit of parity here. These guys have common opponents where Coastal doesn't have the common opponents, but they're absolutely trouncing everybody they're playing. So I'm with you. I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, like I said, dude, I, I wish like hell that they would, would get a shot at it, but it looks like... I think the highest they finished this year is like 11 or 12 just because unless a lot of teams fall in front of them, but they're just not going to be able to make that kind of breakthrough just due to the schedule, which is fine. Look, I mean, look, just for Coastal to be ranked 15 anyway, and if you look at the grand scheme of things, and I know Jeremy Chow is not content with that. Like, he's he's winning. He's winning now. Um, but just from like a uh, a national or maybe just like a kind of – larger perspective just like i said they were in the fcs just a few years ago and and now they're doing what they're doing now um like you would you would have thought at this point if anyone made that jump like when app state made that jump right i don't think they had they they had some ranked teams and stuff like that but they also haven't been really good since the playoff um but you haven't even seen like north dakota state make that jump and i don't think they will just because they've just been so dominant and have won national championships but it's just impressive to see coastal um especially down here in the south right like a lot of the talent is texas florida georgia north carolina south carolina tennessee like there's a lot of i mean they got to compete against the big boys down here when it comes to recruiting so shout out to them so dude but i I hope like hell man they can they can maybe make it to the top 10 we'll see yes sir i agree with that any other thing on college football before we move on i got some kind of breaking news as we sit nah. here, what's that breaking um, news? If you breaking news, if you saw the face I was making, um, sorry, you guys on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever else you're listening, I guess that's all we're doing right now is putting out the audio. But Jacob kind of saw my eyes get wide. Uh, John Gruden is going to resign as head coach of the Raiders um, due to the emails that came out nah. recently about him and Demore Smith. <laughs> yeah, I just got that notification. Um, which look, there's a lot of ways you can feel about this. Um, I don't want to get into a lot of it because it is just very political and it's he did I, I I can't the reason I can't speak a lot on it is because there's been a lot of comments not a lot of comments there's a lot of the emails that I haven't read so in, in, unless I got the full transcript right I just know of some comments he made about Demore Smith that were racially toned um, and I've seen a few of them um, 
I'm not the biggest fan of the big cancel culture and this happened in 2011. So, but like I said, I'm going to stay out of it for a lot of, I'm just very surprised he's, he's stepping down. So real quick, I know I just hit you with that. I don't know if you got any notifications. What's just kind of your first thoughts as you kind of sit here in shock that that's happening. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that's gotta be like one of the best transitions I've ever come across. <laughs> we go from college to the NFL and you go hit me with some kind of breaking news like that. Dear God. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard different perspectives on it and that's, that's what you kind of have to do when it comes to this cancel culture stuff. And especially with like a lot of the, the racial division that's been going on. And again, I don't want to get into a lot of it, but I mean, there's gotta be, if the man's doing that today, if he's saying those kind of things today, that is something you can can hold to him and and it's not like it's not that you can't hold something to him from 11 years ago but the the whole reason behind the racial division is they're they're asking for change and correct something and 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 if he did something and he's not doing it now that he's he's changed so there's a lot more to the story than that um and and if he obviously you know stepped down for a reason then there must be more to this story than we know yeah, I know, and and actually, right before we we started this, I had uh I had saw that Demore Smith had actually put out like a, a thread of tweets, um, kind of addressing the story for the first time. So that just came out about an hour ago, right before we started recording. Um, yeah. so I'm kind of not surprised. Maybe just again, I, I briefly read over his stuff, so it was just kind of to sum it up. Like, hey, obviously, we we have some some progress to make. Right. But I'm with you, man. Look to me, I think if it's inexcusable, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it at all. Um, and I think there should be some type of punishment, but like you said, 11 years ago, if John Gruden, if this was to, to me, John Gruden is one of, unless he's just in hell of an actor, he's one of the most authentic people just seeing from a, a television perspective, right? Like he's just, he loves football. You see him when he would did the, the, um, when he was doing that quarterback thing, when, when he was doing Monday Night Football, right? He did all the, the college guys coming in to get ready for the pro draft. He seemed like a very kind of down-to-earth guy. To me, I'm with you. If if this is, was a true part of who John Gruden was, I think for the last few years that he's been coaching the Raiders, and even before that when he was coaching the Raiders and the Bucks, that there would have been some more stories about this. Not saying stuff will come out, but um, I just think if this was – truly who he was we would have seen other instances of this again what he did was inexcusable i don't agree with it um i do hate that it kind of got to the point that he had to resign i would just i say he shouldn't go unpunished there should be some things we need to do but again it's been 10 years so has he changed has he made amends has he apologized and also i don't know what went into all this right if if there was a bunch of stuff, I'm sure there's people covering it up and lawyers involved, and there's just a whole big mass thing. Again, we don't have a lot of the details because uh, I don't even think they put out the entire emails anyway. And a lot of times they don't with the colorful language and stuff. They just kind of, like I said, the v- initial thing I saw was racist undertones, and it's like, well, that could be a plethora of things. N- doesn't mean any of it's okay, but it's like, and not that we should be saying there this, you can say this, and, and you can't say that. That's not what I'm saying either, but Again, I think you need the full picture, and that's why I, I can't speak on a lot more than, than what we've touched on so far, but still very shocking news. Um, this is a sports show, so sports side of it, 
what who's the coach who's the interim coach i have no idea yeah i honestly have no idea either and that's a, a good team i mean that's crazy his last uh game coach there would against the broncos at home and they lost they were undefeated before that right and they lost that's crazy I have no clue who the other the interim coach will be. Whoever it is, I hope really he still don't. likes Hunter Renfro. Because <laughs> I don't think a lot of guys would have drafted him as early as Gruden did. No, but it's turned out. I mean, that guy does know football. It's turned out like pretty well. He's a yeah. solid. Yeah, no doubt. So, but, I, I mean, that's all I could say is is I just don't know too much more about it, and I can't really say too much more until we know more. Yeah, honestly, crazy, it's kind of. It's kind of weird. I don't think a lot of other shows are being recorded right now just because we're doing this on on Monday night. And we're so for it to be breaking news at this time, there's not a lot of things. So um, obviously we'll put this out early as possible and maybe you guys can have a listen. But that actually uh, makes for another unfortunate natural transition to another coach on the uh, hot seat, which is Urban Meyer. So obviously a lot's transpired in the last few days. Um <laughs> We've spoken previously on it. Um, we've enjoyed some of the um, the jokes that have been made about it. Um, but uh, besides all that, on the on the serious side of it, when it comes to his job, the culture, I got some things I want to touch on, but I just want to get your perspective. I haven't heard um, it from you on Urban Meyer, uh, and just just kind of where he stands as a Jaguars coach, and kind of what do you think is going to happen moving forward? They, I think they got a bye week coming up, and then they go to London, um, and then you got obviously an NFL schedule that is, is obviously Bama every week, according to him. So, well, what perspective are you wanting from me? Like, are you wanting from a football perspective or off the field perspective? Well, I mean, you know what this is, and I, and again, I I just said this is a football sh- uh, a sports show, but I think this one is. Not that Gruden's doesn't, but we we know more about this situation, Urban Meyer. We have video evidence of it. We have a reaction. We've right. had time to see all sides of it. So I think we have a little bit more to talk about and maybe have a better perspective. Just just all together, not like, all right, yeah, he needs to divorce his wife. I, I don't look, I'm not going into his personal life, yes. but obviously some personal life decisions he's made is now affecting the football team. So just how does this affect the team going forward? Do you think he's gonna be the head coach um this year and, and going forward? Gotcha. Well, I saw this like a week or so ago, um, whenever it first came out. I think I saw <clears throat> his uh, his current or his current wife, <laughs> his wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she said they're like, still married. Came out very supportive of him, wasn't he? Wasn't she? She was like, you know, we all make mistakes, and and he'll learn from it, and we'll move on. Like, first of all, that's that's a strong kind of love for that kind of thing. Most people would slap the other person in the face, but all right, that's cool. See you later. But uh. It's good for somebody like Urban Meyer to have somebody supportive like that, if that is true. And I hope they can work that out for off the field because Urban Meyer has been right. through a lot of health issues mentally and with his back and stuff like that. Uh, so you, you wish nothing but the best for Urban off the field um, like you would anybody else. I don't care what they've done. Um, but he's got to look at himself in the mirror and be like, do I really want to be here or do I want to be up in my bar up in Columbus? Like that's what people were thinking before the season. And he just kind of made those people right. He hasn't really seemed to have put football first 
unfortunately. And that sucks again, Clemson fan here. For Trevor Lawrence, you know, the two best quarterbacks we've ever really had is Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson yeah. went to Houston, and you see how they are. He's messed his own career up, but like he hadn't had the best opportunities coming into the NFL, and I feel bad for Trevor. Well, yeah, because like you um, said before that, it's kind of chaos. Before Deshaun's personal stuff, it was the front office and and how right. dis, dysfunctional that was. And here Trevor is. You thought going into a good situation, now he's under the same umbrella pretty much of just some dysfunction. Right, right. And, you know, just as bad as the team has, has been, it, it. I really think this is a, a situation where – it's like an ultimatum kind of thing for Urban. He's got to make make his decision and go one way or the other. Go hard football or hard left and go and yeah. enjoy life somewhere else. And I don't even think you should go back to college kind of thing. I think this is kind of like the last thing for you, yeah. you know, for his football. You can go be a announcer and stuff like that if you really wanted to when you get your head straight and everything. But as far as on the football field, if he decides to just put his mind to football, I think – he could eventually turn this around. I mean, he's got hella good talent at quarterback and got some decent receivers and stuff, but just need to focus on using his recruiting kind of and try to get some offensive linemen to help him out and then all kind of help everywhere on the defense. So football-wise, you know, this is a distraction, unfortunately, but yeah. if he truly did apologize to his team and say it was just an accident and stuff, accident in quotes, you know, they can move on. I think that, you know, everybody loves to party in the NFL. So they can understand the partying. And if he says, my bad, you know, I'm truly sorry, let's get to football and put his head down, I think the team itself could be okay. But because it's a long season. I don't know. I've never seen Andy Reid at a club getting danced on, though. No, that man's at Waffle House. Yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew that I was going. But this is this is the thing. Is that look? He inherited a one in fifteen team, so I don't think anyone that pretended that all of a sudden just Trevor Lawrence was going to be able to turn this thing around. Uh, I just think you're severely just misinformed and not paying attention. But now, because of what's going on, every loss is going to be looked at. Urban, not that it shouldn't be. I mean, he's the head coach, so don't get me wrong, but like even more so, right? This is the thing that bothers me, and I, I'm going to get a lot of the facts wrong just because it's it's been a long time. But if you remember when he was last head coach at Ohio State one of his assistants had an issue with domestic violence and his wife I believe and it had it had been told to Urban and Urban didn't really do anything and he kept him employed and all that kind of stuff um, and there's obviously more details I'm leaving out just because like I said it, it's been years now but with that being said that happened and then he also one on his staff Jacksonville he hired uh initially Iowa's strength and conditioning coach who had just had some issues about uh again I may be wrong it's been a while but making some type of racist and or just kind of like derogatory terms towards people towards people he hired that guy like he hasn't hired just the best people anyways like this isn't college like he doesn't have a lot of guys that are necessarily I mean those are big character issues right and he speaks highly of character. I mean, somebody put a meme out of like what Urban says ruins a team more than anything. And it's like trust, leadership, and lack of accountability, something like that. And obviously right now he's got none of them. Trevor Lawrence, who is one of the most stand-up uh, guys that I've seen in the longest time in the position he's in, and he's telling Trevor, hey, be careful when you go to Vegas. Like, I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence doing anything, right? Look, everyone's human. Trevor's not perfect, but like that's the last guy I'm worried about. So the biggest thing that... I learned by listening to all these other pundits and talking heads and TV shows over the past week was that 
the head coach always flies back, right? Always flies back. That's what happens. I think if you're a player, sometimes maybe if it's a Thursday night game, you got a, some star treatment, maybe you're able to go go somewhere else without the team, right? But you're 0-4. you got to fly back with the team. You're Urban fucking Meyer. You have enough money to either take a private jet later that night or go home, get some sleep. It's Friday. Fly back to Columbus. Go to your bar and do what you want to do, right? I mean, look, I think that's the biggest thing, right? You, It's... It, look, it's not a good look anyway as a head coach. I've never seen a head coach at a dance. Like, but if he's 5-0, and unfortunately, it's a different story. That's just the way the world works if you're winning games. Still big time. Still still not good character-wise. But you're 0-4. You don't fly yeah. back with a team. Like, come on, man. And then this was the biggest thing. Today, uh, not today, I'm sorry, yesterday's post-game conference. They asked uh, Urban Meyer, like, are you uh, are you desperate for a win? Like, how desperate are you? And Urban, matter of fact, is like, yeah, we're desperate for a win. Guys in the locker room, we need a win. We're desperate. We know we need a win, right? Who comes on the podium right after him? Trevor Lawrence. They asked Trevor Lawrence the same question. Now, I don't know who's right or wrong in this situation, but this is the lack of communication that I'm seeing. They said, Trevor Lawrence, you guys desperate for a win? He's like, I don't think we're desperate. He's like, I don't think we can get it's not good to be in a desperate position. He's like, look, we all know we need to win games. We're going to get this thing turned around, and we will. And when we do, it's going to be fun. But it's going to take a little bit of time. He's like, we're not desperate. The locker room is not desperate. Which I think that's the right answer to me. But I'm, I, I guess it could go both ways. You could say I'm desperate because now I'm, I'm giving everything I have. Not that they won anyway. But that happened. And then I guess I, I didn't get to watch the Jacksonville game. But then they had, a, I guess, an opportunity where it's like a fourth and one, maybe on the goal line or a fourth down or something. Gave the ball to Carlos Hyde. He got stopped. So they asked Urban, like, hey, why didn't you guys maybe just maybe do a QB sneak there, right? Like, with Trevor, he's 6'5", 6'6". And Urban said, well, we've never really practiced that. Trevor's not very, really comfortable with that. He's never practiced it. I don't know how you never practice a QB sneak. Um, it's not that Trevor's never done one, but I get it. In college, he was in shotgun every play. So guess who's up next on the podium? Trevor Lawrence. And they asked Trevor, Hey man, how do you feel about QB sneak in that situation? He's like, yeah, we've worked on it. I'm comfortable. I feel like I can make that play. Obviously, we give the butter Carlos Hyde. We think he can make that play. It's a tackle for a loss, but he's like, yeah, I feel comfortable. I can, I can get in there. So it's like there's just so extreme opposites. Like, like, like which, which, like I said, it's not a, not probably a big deal until it is. Like, right? Like, no, no one's really like dissecting. At least, I mean, I'm sure the local. Jacksonville guys are, but like no one's really talking about this in the mainstream news until now because of all the, the urban stuff. Right. So this is why like guys like and, and not to, again not to get a little, but this is probably one of the reasons, right or wrong, why Colin Kaepernick's not in the locker room and they said some other people are distractions is because of all the stuff that comes with it. Tim Tebow, a distraction in a way, however you look at it, is that things get uh things that aren't big deal become become a big deal, right? Things that don't get things that normally get overlooked or no one cares about. Every, it's a microscope. So the fact that this is coming from your head coach and he's the reason that this spotlight's on you even more so and he's the reason that everything's getting nitpicked, like, it's just not healthy for an organization. No, and I appreciate all that because I didn't know a lot of that, which is kind of crazy. I didn't know you were on the beat like this. <laughs> but, uh, um, no, I agree. And, and with you saying that, like, uh, yeah, we hadn't worked on the QB sneak with Trevor, but I wanted to get the ball to Carlos Hyde. That's what some of the sentiment was going into his coaching career at Jacksonville, getting guys like Tebow down there and stuff. Like he and signing Carlos Hyde, he wants some of his guys, 
and Carlos Hyde was his guy at Ohio State. Like, you know, it's kind of it shows a little favoritism, and and you know, I don't know if he just doesn't have a good memory or he's doing that on purpose or what when it comes to the practice stuff, but. I mean, heck, maybe Trevor needs to be the savior for Urban, not even for his football career, but just for, you know, life stuff. I mean, not not that he needs to be, but, like, it seems like Trevor's got his, you know, mind in the right spot. Yeah. But the thing, the point that I was going to make is, like, they're not desperate for a win being 0-5. Like, you're not – it's not like the team had expectations. So I think Trevor has the right answer there. Like, you're not – you know, whatever, but like Urban himself has the expectation that he needs to win, not necessarily the organization. So I think his answer is correct for what he needs, but Trevor and Jaguars, a little different. Um, but what I was going to point out is like they haven't lost by a lot. Like Texans was a terrible week one, Titans this past week was a bad one, but like only losing by three to the Bengals, who are four and one. Yeah, Cardinals thirty-one to nineteen, Broncos twenty-three to thirteen. Like these are some good teams they've lost to, and they've kind of kept it within a score in a half to two. Yeah, and Sunday um, was still ain't good when it comes to NFL standards, but yeah, and Sunday was a lot of just Derrick Henry's just a beast, <laughs> and he's and he's just yeah. and he's hard to stop. But no, I think you're right with what you're saying. Like if if they go five and zero, oh, the the conversation about Carlos Hyde is that look if if you. Urban Meyer's loyal to his guys, right? Which is a it's a good thing. Like that's a good thing to have, but to what point now? But that's that's they did preface that question to Trevor was are you guys talking about the streak meaning they lost the last 15 games last year and now lost 5, so they they lost 20 in a row. So, or it could be up, but I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Um cuz the Jets lost later, so they didn't lose 20 in a row. But they're asking Trevor no, about I the streak. It's like, look, you're right. Trevor wasn't here last year. Urban wasn't here last year, so those 15 games shouldn't matter to to those guys. So I think that was the right answer. They were saying, look, we're not talking about the streak. Why would we do that? There's no reason. Obviously, no one wants to be 0-5. But, yeah, man, I, I'm with you. Like, it's – I'm on the same side with you about the whole, like, Carlos Hyde, like, that thing. Like, you, you got to – I think you're just – it's like – I don't know. It's like when you play fantasy when that's someone that hasn't played fantasy yet and they're drafting all these guys that were good five years ago. Yeah. That's a pretty good way to put it. I mean, we'll see because they play the Dolphins this next Sunday. We'll see how they approach that game because the Dolphins have not looked good either. And that may be their, you know, they may turn around and win on this very next week. Yeah. Um, which could, which definitely would help. Uh, but it's going to be, going to be interesting. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about that. And just, the storylines keep getting bigger, and, and we're going to keep running with it and try to be as up-to-date as possible. Keep, and keep podcasting it up. So do you want to move on to any other NFL talk before we get into some playoff baseball? Uh, no. I'm trying to remember everything over the weekend. I just want to point out the Lions, 0-5. <laughs> yeah. Just they can't. Sucks for Jared you know, Goff, man. You know, like it just look. I, I don't think Jared Goff's a great quarterback. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but like he's only a few years removed from going to the Super Bowl with Sean McVay, and now he's playing in Detroit, where his 
career is going to die. And uh, but I'm happy for Matt Stafford. He's got a little revitalization now on his career. But yeah, um, yeah. But I was talking about the way they lost too. Oh yeah, yeah. They've had some tough ones. The, <laughs> the Vikings. Tough ones. Yeah, the Vikings. 38 seconds went all the way down the field, kicked a game-winning field goal when the Lions thought they did. 40 seconds before that, like just the perfect Lions loss. But now I'm down for some playoff baseball. How about them Bravos, my friend? Look, man, telling you, I am telling you, we had playoff baseball today. The Braves uh, beat the Brewers three to zero, right? I don't think the Brewers scored. It's October three, yeah. Jocktober hit a, a three-run pinch hit home run in the what fifth inning, sixth inning. Um, I believe it was. I, look, I wish the guy would get some more at bats. Obviously, fifth. fifth inning. I wish he, the guys would get some more at bats. But look, so far, and I think we kind of knew it going in with the matchups is that it's been a it's been pitching, man. The pitching has been phenomenal on both sides. Um, unfortunately the Brewers, I say unfortunately for them is that they haven't scored a lot of runs either. They go into the fifth inning. They got a guy on first and second scoring position and Craig council decides let's pinch it. Lorenzo Kane for a pitcher doesn't work out. Braves get out of a jam, but now you got your starter out and now you got, you got to go to the bull, the bullpen for the rest of the game. So that was, that was a tough decision. Probably the right one at the time, if they score a run, obviously like it, it's good. Right. I mean like anything, right. It's just, it's just kind of which way it falls. Right. And no, I, this game, like Ian Anderson, I think it's, I've been, I've been preaching this for the Braves for definitely last year, but the last several years, pitching is what we need. We, we've had the bats, it feels like, and sometimes they just haven't shown up in key situations, yeah. but we've had the bats on the roster at all times. It's just been the pitching. And, and this year, we really have the, the three studs. And you saw even Ian, Ian Anderson today through five flawless innings, mm-hmm. you know, zero and runs, six, six Ks. So um, that, and we've we've kind of feel like we had the same strong bullpen that we did last oh, yeah. year. So three good pitchers. I, I don't know. In this five-game series, we may try to just pitch those three starters. But in a seven-game series, that fourth game – I don't know who would be pitching that fourth game, but that, that would be the only issue we'd have, I think, when it comes to pitching. But, no, this this staff is very, very strong. Yeah, I agree. And, like, a part of me wants to say, like, obviously we haven't done a, a lot of good with the runners in scoring position either. Like, we, we really need to do that. And I don't want to rely on the long ball all the time. But the fact that we're facing good pitching and that, look, we're able to pinch it, guys, and everybody in the lineup can hit a home run. Like, if that's how we do it, that's how we do it. Obviously, I don't want that to, like, be the only way we score, and it won't be. Um, which, look, I think we've probably top 10 in the league in home runs again this year. So that that is how we score. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. If we can get those three guys um, and get to the fourth guy, and I don't know if that's Anoya or not. I don't know if he's healthy because um, I've been kind of on that those three pitchers as well. But if we can at least get – I don't shoot. I don't care who the fourth guy is. Get four or five innings. Give it to the bullpen. I, I trust. No, he is. He is fourth on the depth chart. Right okay, now. so it'll probably him. And he and he's had very very good outings this year. So I'm I'm not like, oh God, we're gonna lose. Um, but yeah, I trust the bullpen. I honestly, I trust the offense. And like we talked about uh, earlier off air, like there's a lot of guys that haven't even really got it going yet. Like Freddie, um, having very good at bats, but he hasn't popped up a home run or had a lot of good. Uh, kind of just runners in scoring position at bats as far as getting guys in, but I think that'll only come here the next few games. No, I agree. And, I mean, you look at the averages really for both teams. It's just one or two guys that have a decent average. Like you said, the pitching in the series for both sides really has been flat-out amazing. I mean, it's been three games, and 
think anybody scored more than three runs yeah. in either game. Is that correct? Like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, it's one game left to to move on, and that's that's what we need. And that game is when is that game supposed to be? Is that supposed to be yep, tomorrow? It's be, yeah, tomorrow at six oh seven. Yeah, so it's going to be Tuesday. So this will actually come out uh, Tuesday morning, the the twelfth. Uh, so it'll be um, by the time you guys are listening, probably this afternoon um, at five oh seven. Um, and then currently going on, you got Red Sox and Rays. Uh, Red Sox are up two to one. They have a chance to clinch right now. It's in the eighth. They're up five to three. Giants and Dodgers just started. That series is tied. The Braves obviously get the winner of those. And then you got the Astros and White Sox, which got postponed due to weather. Houston's up two to one. That game's gonna actually be tomorrow at two o'clock. So we might have uh, our first clinch tonight if the Red Sox can hold it off, and then uh, hopefully our Braves can get one tomorrow, man. We can look forward to the NLCS. Yes, sir. I agree. And we need to start watching more and more of this Giants and Dodgers series since we're up. But, you know, it would be nice to clinch so we could just sit back and we'll really analyze these teams and, and see who we'd rather play. Yeah, honestly, dude, I, I, man, like, I don't even care. I just, look, we, we've been so close so recently and, like, the run we're making now with, with the injuries we've had this year, um, bring it on. You know, whoever it is, bring it on. Uh, we just we just gotta like finish the series off. Let's not let it linger. Let's let Max Fried and um, Ian Anderson and I'm blanking on our other guy um, already. Max Fried, Charlie Morton, Charlie Morton. Let those guys rest up and get ready to get make a run at the World Series. Because that, that right there will probably alleviate some of my stressors that the football world has caused me this year, mainly in the name of the Gamecocks. So if the Braves can make some runs, my uh, mental and physical health will probably only increase. <laughs> I agree, my friend. Well, anything else we miss? Anything else you want to touch on? Anything else you want to say before we uh, before we head out of here? I just want to point out uh, in the fantasy world that I scored 153 points this week, and I'm still going to lose. <laughs> uh, I uh, scored 131, and I've lost tonight because of Mark Andrews. Uh, I'm Yes, but in my other league, I won the game because of Mark Andrews. So I don't know how I feel about that. But, uh, yeah, I was hoping you'd knock off uh, the current uh, – tied for first place there in Jonathan and he just happened to score a lot more this week. Looks like your dad uh, he, he's going to be a close one. See if he stays undefeated. Yeah, I was really hoping to and I thought I had it oh, in he's the got bag. Mark Hollywood Brown. Until yep, I thought I thought I had it in the bag yesterday until the like fourth quarter of that Chargers game when Eckler just went off. And Keenan Allen just wouldn't stop catching balls. Like, come on. But great players do great things, so I can't blame them. That's right. Well, it's just a world of fans. I know we treat I know we treat fans like reality, but a lot of times fantasy is supposed to make our reality better. But not when uh, not when you're starting off like that. But it's all good because I think me and you have kind of run that league for a while. So I got faith that you're going to come back and make a run at it. Um, we'll see what happens. Fantasy is always interesting, man. I'm always more, it always just, 
another just stressor that I probably don't need. I agree. What else you got for us, Jacob? I'm just going to read more about this Gruden thing. That still shocked me for sure. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be big. Well, I will say this. Um, I know there's not a lot of you guys out there right now, but if you're listening, please share with your friends. Um, we're on Apple. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're actually on Google Podcasts and pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. So um, it's from The Stands. Instagram is from The Stands brand. Go check it out. We normally try to clip some stuff, put them out during the week, let you know when all the new episodes are out. Um, and we're going to keep coming at you. Obviously, pretty pretty long night tonight. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, breaking news going on. So we'll, uh, we'll be ready to and uh, see you next time. Appreciate you guys listening. Jacob, I will uh, talk to you soon, brother. Yes, sir. Peace out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time.